Hello, listeners. It's been three weeks since my last podcast, but never fear. There's much more to come in the second half of my Australian adventure. When I say second half, it is because I have now been in Australia for six months. So to celebrate that, I bring you an Australian-focused episode was from Reflections from My Time Down Under. Stay tuned for episode 11, Reflections, and The Reef. One of my general thoughts from my time here is that Australia is extremely underpopulated. I mentioned this to some friends the other day, but it is a country that is basically the size of the mainland United States, and it only has 25 million people. That's one thirteenth as many as the U.S. And the entire country is beautiful. There's no reason for people not to live here. For example, the entire east coast of Australia has amazing weather, almost all the time, with beautiful surfing beaches, yet there are just two big cities, Sydney and Melbourne. Meanwhile, the east coast of the U.S. has 120 million people, roughly, and massive cities up and down the coast like New York, Philly, D.C., and Miami. If there is a place in the world that can handle more people, it's Australia. Well, what are the barriers, you ask? Honestly, I think it is how far it is away from the rest of the world. It really is far. But in some ways, its proximity is a good thing. For example, the Asian food here is absolutely amazing and builds very nicely on on a cuisine that is English at its roots. It's actually changed my palate a bit. I absolutely love dumplings. Flying into Melbourne the other week, I got in my mind that I wanted some dumplings for dinner, so I went to a restaurant called Hutong in one of Melbourne's famous laneways, which are these cool, narrow, alley-type streets with street art throughout. This was an authentic Chinese place with the Chinese waiter, and I ordered what I thought was 12 dumplings of a few varieties. However, something got lost in translation, and I ended up with 24 dumplings, double what I had ordered. Nothing to do but chuckle, tuck in, and enjoy. Another thing this country has is outdoor activities that are truly part of the culture. Uh, probably because of the lack of population and the aforementioned weather. Uh, of course, some of this nature stuff is iconic. The Great Barrier Reef, the surfing beaches, and I was lucky enough to experience the reef for the first time at the end of March. The reef was beautiful. There really was a Finding Nemo-like quality to it, even though everyone who I was with who had been there before said it was loads better, like 10 years ago. But there are still places on the reef that are incredible. And for example, the marlin fisheries are still some of the best in the world in Northern Australia. I think overall, the wildlife's just not as expansive as it used to be. And as I continue to explore Australia, um, I have it on my list to get to Tasmania, Perth, and Uluru, as well as uh, more diving excursions at the Great Barrier Reef. If anyone wants to come down and have some adventures, let's do it. Exploring Straya will be on the menu. Now, one of my general objectives in this long life that I'm living is to keep adding useful skills to my repertoire because you never know when you want to know how to do something. As such, I recently got scuba certified in Sydney so I could explore some less traveled parts of Australia. And one of the most important things about scuba diving is the concept of self-help. When you're 50 feet below the surface and your mass gets water in it or your ears are not equalized or you're running out of air, you need to know how to help yourself. And in the modern world, I don't know that everyone knows how to help themselves get back into balance when things aren't perfect. And this has been a little bit of a topic conversation, uh, particularly uh, in the NBA recently, um, due to their rash of unhappy superstars. And funny enough, I thought about this as I knelt on the bottom of the ocean 
uh, while scuba diving in very much what looked like the scene in Finding Nemo with the crabs near the pipes. And this led me to think that, you know, Australians are generally very well-traveled. Um, they're used to being on a country and island that is isolated and far away from the rest of the world. And they go out and explore. They take long holidays and they know how to pursue adventure. At the same time, they also have a really, really strong community at home in this country, uh, which is not an overly transient place within uh, this, the country borders. For example, a lot of people that I've met have been born and raised in Sydney, and they have family in Sydney, and they live at home a lot longer than people do in the U.S., and, and generally they are, you know, in some ways quite fascinated and love the concept of the U.S. university in which you go off at age 18 to live with all your best friends. Um, but at the same time, I think that the, the more family-centered life uh, keeps them very grounded and, you know, uh, better equipped to handle a lot of the challenges that life can throw at you. With that thought, I will leave you. Australia takes Easter very seriously from a holiday perspective with Good Friday, Easter Monday, and Easter Tuesday off. This year, the entire country is enjoying the bonus holiday that's coming from the Thursday after, which is uh, an Australian holiday called Anzac Day. So many companies are off for the entire week. I am taking advantage of that, and I am traveling to New Zealand, where I'll be exploring the North Island for nine days, motoring around in a camper van. So expect to hear from me on those adventures. Until then, enjoy the return of Thrones, and keep on dreaming.